I'm curious to see their depiction of Wisconsin in the 90s because I was there in the 90s. <laughs> I'm aging myself now. It's like a war. You're like, I was there. I was man. there. It was a war. Oh, I'm telling you, it was a fucking war. Snow everywhere. You had to walk to school uphill in the snow both ways. No, I'm just kidding. That's just the shit my parents would say. <laughs> I mean, it's half true. Howdy and welcome to the new episode of Dissident Waves Podcast. My name is Nave and I'm joined by the Colonel, Sam. And today we're going to talk to you about a very special, very special game. Metal Gear Solid 5. Okay, I'm done with, second to yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done with my really that. bad, really bad fake snake <laughs> accent. I'm sorry. I mean, that's, I mean, now you, that's a little glimpse. If you've never seen me on stream, this is a little glimpse of my terrible accents. Oh, they're the best. No, <laughs> no, but uh, that one is particularly bad, but I just thought it'd be fun. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, it took me a second. For a second, I thought you were doing like a trailer voice. I was like, oh, is he doing I mean, like, it's yeah, like more like, it is definitely closer to a trailer voice than it is to snakes. <laughs> I just don't have that. I don't have like the, I have, okay, uh, I do have, I do have sex appeal, but I have a different type of sex appeal than David, <laughs> David Hayter. I just can't get that guttural, like, yeah, kind of, I know what you mean. Yeah, I've, I've I've tried that before, and like he can get his vocal cords to vibrate at a certain frequency, which I just can't. <laughs> like, Insane! It's very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah. I, I can get very, fairly like I get a bit like croaky every now and then if mm. I'm like if I'm tired. Everyone has that kind of like or tired, if you're croaky sick. voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I. <laughs> Sometimes your voice when you're ill or sick is like is sometimes a better voice arguably. Oh it's yeah, more sexy. It's like that episode of Friends with Phoebe when she gets sick and suddenly can sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had that with um uh Alyssa recently. She was uh she was ill for like over Christmas, <clears throat> and uh, I said to her like I think you should take up a bit of like smooth jazz singing. Yeah. She had the real like sexy like mm. graveliness to her voice. Mm. I was like, you can make it. You can make it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, I don't have it. I'm afraid. So you're gonna have to deal with my bargain barrel <laughs> accents, my not real solid snake accent, my. Uh, I'll accept the, it. I'll accept. Colonel Sanders' third cousin accent. <laughs> um, yeah. Basically, that's it. Fake posh British accent. I'm, I'm listing. I'm listing all the ones I could do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but anyways, no. Today we're talking about a game that's really special to you, Sam. Um, you're a yes. massive fan of the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Um, so always bad. have been. So I mean, I, I, I can see, <laughs> I can see your shrine in the background. Yeah, um, I've even got a shirt on today. I was, yeah, oh, you are. Oh, I'm, that's completely. Oh, I didn't I mean like, you notice. That's amazing. Got to get the shirt on. That's amazing. And let me have a look at the tattoo. I mean, the uh, oh, listeners yeah. can't see it, but I can see tattoo. it. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, brood, <laughs> brood dog tattoo. <laughs> um. No, yeah, you're a massive fan of it, so I'm really excited <clears throat> to talk to you about this. Um, talk with about, yeah. talk about this one with you. Um, we got that. We got that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you've played all of them, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah, I haven't played any of them, just for just for uh, <laughs> uh, like a disclaimer. But I have watched you play the first two on, yeah. on stream, and yeah. I have watched other people play a bit of three. And I've watched bits and pieces of five, but I feel like it's going to be really yeah. fun to hear uh, hear what you have to say about it. To be honest, and you, you also have you watched a bit of Metal Gear Rising? Yes, I did watch Metal Gear Ninja Rising. Rider. Yes, I did. I watched it on Mavericorn's stream. I, oh, it must have been November oh. or something, October possibly. Um, and I was really confused at first because it is so much different than the other Metal Gear Solid games. <laughs> You're like, um, what the fuck happened? But I recognized that ass. I recognized that ass <laughs> until, oh, yeah, until yeah. he got until he got like 
I don't know, it's different skins or something. Um, because uh, he got like very robotic yeah. at some point, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's um one day I'll uh when when MGS four is a lot more accessible, mm. which may never happen, but um... <laughs> well, never never say never. Never say yeah, hopefully. if there's anything if there's any guarantee in this capitalist hellscape we we live in is there is money to be made something oh, will God, be, yeah. something will be made um and that i think nostalgia well. is a really powerful thing and it's you know you can see you can kind of see in all all venues of media at the minute all aspects yeah. of media the sh- the generational shift for, because obviously growing up nostalgia has never been you know nostalgia has always existed but yeah yeah but the companies <clears throat> were going after our parents generation of nostalgia um for forever you know it was all the 80s everything was 80s 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 yeah um, you know, whatever. yeah um but now you can start to see a shift and you know they're more focused on oh okay these millennials yeah. <laughs> these aging yeah. millennials these geriatric millennials <laughs> see, <I> was, <laughs> what I do I they like them. how could we exploit them <laughs> well how could we um... take their childhood memories the cherished <laughs> memories and cash out on it <laughs> ah oh we'll whip we'll whip up a remaster I had, a, I had a moment the other day when I was uh, I was browsing Netflix hmm. and I saw an advert for uh, it's it's coming out soon that nineties show yeah it's been that seventy show and I was like hello oh Wisconsin. shit <laughs> yeah no I've heard I read about <laughs> of it, course it is yeah, yeah I read about Wisconsin. it before yeah, yeah. I'm actually curious to see it not because I think it's going to be good I honestly don't know the seventies show is so classic um, yeah, I grew up watching yeah. that I mean because my parents uh, just cool. put it on I mean it was always on it on TV when you got home from school or something or when you were yeah. eating dinner. Um, it's like a Wisconsin. Gym. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, and it's like because it's centered in Wisconsin. You know, I'm a Wisconsin native. If you guys don't, if you if you don't happen to know, but um, yeah. but yeah, it's, I'm I'm curious to see their depiction of Wisconsin in the '90s because I was there in the '90s. <laughs> I'm aging myself now. It's like a war. You're like I was there. I was man. there. It was a war. Oh, I'm telling you, it was a fucking war. Snow everywhere. You had to walk to school uphill in the snow both ways. No, I'm just kidding. That's just the shit my parents would say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's half true, but um, uh, the snow part was true. I don't remember any hills, but <laughs> but that's um, some, like next level snow as well. Like in the UK, we get like an inch, and we're like, "Oh my god, mm. shut the country down!" Oh, it's totally different. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> but I, I think you know, it used to be one of those things when I first moved over here. I would giggle about it and think, "Oh, it's so silly, silly people. Why can't you deal with a little snow?" But it's yeah. it's genuinely like an infrastructure thing. You yeah, know, you, yeah, yeah. You prepare for it or you don't. If you had it normally, you would be prepared for it. But you know, we yeah. don't. Oh, hello, Percy. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. He's walked in. <laughs> I love it. Um, he, likes, he likes listening to our show. He does. He's, 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 he's a, a big fan. He's a, he's a secret third uh, host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He made an appearance. And he, he did. Um, I think it was. was in the holiday awesome special. Or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 A little, a little. God, that, was, that was like one of the biggest meows I've ever caught him uh, meowing. I guess. He was tired. <laughs> He was like, that I've was heard, I've heard enough about Pokemon yeah. Crystal. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> he was tired and hungry, and, yeah, and just annoyed, annoyed Kitty. <laughs> yeah. Um. How was your? How was your? Uh. Did you play any games over over Christmas? You mentioned you're maybe thinking about getting a new Pokemon. Did I did play the new Pokemon, and I'm sure oh. we'll talk about it at some point. I, okay. I, it's yeah. It was first impressions. Yeah. Um. It was fun. I I like it was bugged. And it was frustrating at points because of that, and yeah, you know all those things. But it was genuinely fun. So I mean, I beat oh, okay. it. I had fun playing it. So. Oh wow, you've actually oh yeah, beat it oh yeah, oh, baby. Shit. Ma- please understand up, this. Understand this. I was in America with no stable internet connection. <laughs> so well, I did have internet. I mean, I had Wi-Fi, but 
um at my mom's and stuff but you know Wisconsin, other places right. not not everywhere i didn't um like some whatever um so i played the hell out of that game i think i put like oh, 65 damn. hours in you have to understand oh my god i was on break i i wasn't working between the 18th of december and the 3rd of january i was putting Jesus. in the shifts at the pokemon factory fucking catching them all yeah well not really but <laughs> i caught a, i caught a fair few <laughs> But um, <laughs> got your got your team of six, and you were set. You're yeah, like, yeah, I don't need don't need anymore. A pure what goat. The... Actually, this is very coincidental because we're talking Ooh. about phantoms today, aren't we? <laughs> My <laughs> team, I I played with an entirely ghost team. Oh, that's sick. I yeah. Oh, that. yeah. There, it's like I there's like three or four types that I really love, and depending on the game I'm playing, um, depending on what Pokemon they have in that particular game. I will like just focus on that type. So this one, mm. I really like the ghost type. So I just I entirely ghost type. It was so much fun. Oh, that's it was so a, cool. It was an added challenge, but it was really fun. Yeah, I remember um, when Pokemon Let's Go Eevee came mm. out a few years ago for the Switch. Mm. My catch ran off. They made a lot of noise. Um, uh, when I got to the Elite Four, it was it was weird. I, I had like a you know classic first gen team my kind of usual go-tos um and then i got to the elite four and i was like i just want to make an evolution team so oh, yeah. i had like my obviously the actual eevee who comes yep. with the game which is like, you can't OP evolve eevee. that one yeah yeah but it's super powerful oh yeah yeah uh and then i got myself a flareon vaporeon and a jolteon and i just went through the, the elite nice. four and it was like it was kind of challenging but also like they were just awesome like an it's awesome a great team, team yeah it's a great team. Yeah. Got love my evolutions. Mm. Um cool. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll probably pick up the game sooner or later, but yeah. Uh, it was fun. Patches. It was fun. Uh wait for some patches though. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been um uh kind of I've gotten into the trading card game. I uh, yeah, you said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of interesting. How I, uh, how are you finding that then? It's really good actually. Like um because obviously, you know, as we mentioned, we grew up in the 90s, so mm. we um you know, we were like in the prime Pokemon. Oh yeah, you know. when it was the big currency. I mean, fuck gold. We were we were play, we were trading Pokemon cards on the on the playground. Yeah. They literally we got banned. I mean, we were doing it on the playground, right? God, every every child, yeah. girl, boy, doesn't matter. Anything else doesn't matter. We were trading Pokemon cards, and yeah, yeah. Um, they were nonsensical trades. Um, yeah. You know, give me five. I don't know this for a shiny Charizard or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, yeah, no you one know, knew that. It, no, it no like one you, knew. You, we were just got trade. a shiny card. That's good. It's just twelve is more than one, so I get twelve <laughs> cards. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, but we were so we were trading it. But then the you know the the elders got very annoyed and or whatever the d- deal was. Um, yeah. And eventually we said we had a ban. You couldn't bring Pokemon cards to school. <laughs> Yeah, it's so lame. <laughs> it's so like just let kids. I'm just enjoy like doesn't themselves. really matter at the end of the day. Oh, but yeah. hey, what it, what do I know? Yeah, yeah. So. Did you ever like know how to play the game? Because I really I never know. did. Yeah, no. I don't think I think like ninety percent of people who collect the cards never knew how, no. how to actually play the game. Mm. So I decided to learn that um, over Christmas, and um, there's like a an online version of the game that you can play, and it's really cool because if you get like starter decks, um, you get like a QR code where you can scan that and get that into the game. I didn't. Right? Uh, yeah. No. Sorry. Um... <laughs> I just got a random message from Craig saying he's recording now, but that's okay. I was like, okay. I'm thinking you were, I thought you were recording 10 minutes ago, but Hey, okay. I mean, I'm sure he was. It was probably just a, it was just like a delay push uh, notification to my phone. Um, yeah. But <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I was like, um, I saw, okay. I saw you pull a frown. I was like, I saw you look over and pull a frown. I was like, oh no, something's wrong. I'm constantly frowning. I'm constantly frowning. Like just a this, expression. This I have this wrinkle in between my um eyebrows, right? Eyebrows. And and when I'm playing games, especially like if I'm struggling, it just becomes very apparent. It exposes itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's hidden until I'm mad. Oh man! Yeah, I've always wanted to have like permanent laughter lines. I think I might get them because I, I smile quite a lot uh, yeah. just in life. So I'm hoping mm. that when I'm like when I hit like forty, I'm just gonna get like a constant like laughter lines. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. So I, I've been playing the Pokemon trading card game, and it's really, That's cool. really fun. That's really cool. Um. But I guess is there anything else you want to mention before we move on to the main topic? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. The floor's yours, baby. Okay, okay. So, yeah, as, um, have I, I haven't called you by your government name this No, I don't way. think okay. so. I mean, I almost just thought I mean, about. I don't recall. We'll have to listen <laughs> in editing. I don't recall. I'll, uh, I'll have a listen out. Because <laughs> I, I was about to address you, and then <laughs> your government name came to my head. I was hey, like, no, it's natural. It's natural. What do you do? What do you do? By the way, everyone, my government name is actually Nave. Thank you very much for your questions. <laughs> I will not be taking any further questions. Carry on, Sam. <laughs> Thank you. So, as Nave uh, mentioned at the start, so um, uh, I want to talk uh, with you specifically about Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, you've only kind of really seen the playthroughs of the first two. Um, but the main thing I want to talk about with this game is not necessarily... Like, we'll touch on aspects of the story. Um, but when this game was kind of coming out, um, it had like an amazing kind of like marketing campaign building up. Um, Kojima, he's known for being pretty good at that, like building up hype for his games. Um, and I think he released... He released an initial trailer which introduced that the game was going to go open world which mm, quite exciting. that was big mm, yeah. yeah i can't i can't even think of any other like spy type games that are open world or at least not exactly. by that point you know yeah that, that yeah. was unheard of that was revolutionary yeah yeah i remember like and it is like, big it's almost i i was reading that it was like the map i mean i think there are different maps because i think you go to different parts of the world yeah but, two but two parts of the world but yeah. i think either combined or by themselves there are like two-thirds of the um, map of skyrim oh, so that's, wow. a, that's a pretty oh big map uh yeah you know for for you know a, a game like that yeah yeah it was it was crazy because um yeah so it one of the maps is set in um a region of afghanistan mm. and it's set during the 80s so it's kind of mm. during the um the, clo- the anti-colonial struggles and stuff yeah yeah that's right yeah um and another uh area which at the time was referred to as the angola zaire border yeah uh region in africa yeah it, yeah mm. um so it's kind of set set there um but yeah so uh, uh, the as i said the um so you had that kind of trailer which had like the open world aspect and then i think it was either the second or third trailer introduced this theme of like language mm. which was something like Really, like, it was a real surprise because I think, like, the open world thing alone was kind of like, oh, this is going to be cool. And you get to learn more about Big Boss's storyline. Mm. Um, but then this idea of, like, language came about and it was kind of like, wow, this is something that hasn't really been explored in Metal Gear Solid. No. Um, and one thing I like about, well, I, there's a lot of things I like about the series, but <laughs> um, one of the standout things, and there's something I've kind of appreciated as I've gotten older, 
is that each of the Metal Gear Solid games, they really dive into a particular theme. Mm. Um, for example, the first one focuses quite heavily on genetics. Yep. Uh, the second one is all about the kind of like digital digital age, mm. going into that and the control of information. Mm. Um, so they all have like really big themes. Mm. And it was just so unexpected that this game such a big theme of this game was going to be language mm. um and so the the like i said i'm not going to do the whole synopsis of the game but um there's a villain or the main villain of this game is a character called Skullface, mm. and uh i think he's hungarian born that's and right when, he was yeah yeah um and was kind of there when the nazis kind of uh, occupied Hungary um and so he kind of lost his native language as a kid um and I think just as he kind of got older just kind of really despised that fact that he lost his native tongue and kind of said obviously um he you know was taught to learn German at the time um but then eventually it just kind of grew a hate of just the English language in general, because obviously it's one of the most mm. dominant languages in the world. Mm. Um, and he kind of enacts this plan to... He, he discovers this parasite um, which can target people's vocal cords. Um, and he, he works with a, a, a Native American character called Old Diné. Um, who uh, I learned doing research that the Dene is the genuine name for um, what's referred to as the Navajo. Oh, okay. People. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, and even like, <laughs> I was like doing research, and I was like, oh, I had no idea. Um, so he kind of works with this character, and they they kind of had this plan to engineer this vocal parasite mm. to target English speaking uh, people, mm. and essentially kill them if the, if it detects people speaking english which is such a such bombastic a, yeah like, plot. Such a, like it's a very interesting narrative like tool mm, to, like mm. it's an interesting i mean it's interesting to come up with that as a concept because it seems so far-fetched yeah but yeah it it it's quite interesting because it helps tell a story and and, and pick out some some pretty interesting um yeah things which you know we'll talk about but yeah yeah it's, yeah it's it it it's a really i i just found it so like um because so with the game when it came out it was really praised for its gameplay especially mm. and it, it it does have the best gameplay of the Metal Gear Solid series mm. and probably like still the best stealth gameplay i've ever played um it just flows so well and like uh, and it and it was interesting doing stealth in an open world yeah format i didn't miss some of the linearity if that's a mm. word of previous yeah, games mm. um but what kind of happened was obviously you know melga solid is is <laughs> known for its cutscenes mm. and kind of like um mandatory codec calls yes to kind of give exposition and tell mm. the story um so i guess in response to that because that was a heavy criticism of the fourth game mm. um so I think in response to that, Kojima, when he was designing this game, decided to move a lot of the story into cassette tapes, which you could okay. you could listen to optionally rather okay. than right. I see. Which uh, it's difficult. Like yeah. I, I understand wanting to taking the criticism of the mm. long cutscenes, the credit mm. calls, but 
I think what happened there was it kind of like sidelined the story a bit. Mm, it does. I I I and I'm, I think this is a something I think we probably all experienced in different um, video games we've played where you know you're playing the game and yeah you're picking up on the story but but or the, the the gist of the story the main keep like the key points but there's all these little like in this case cassette tapes um, or like audio recordings or whatever or emails yeah. and stuff that are just you know left for you to to search out which is a fun task to do of course if you're if you're a completionist i'm not <laughs> i'm lazy yeah, yeah, um, but if if you know it is really interesting it's got all this really interesting backstory that helps build the world but unless yeah. you're unless you're physically inclined to go search all that out you're not going to pick up the whole story yeah which, um, yeah which you know is it is a design choice i think in this particular case it's it's a bit of how do you find the balance between the two um, yeah, where yeah. you know not having an hour long cut scene <laughs> yeah. but also not leaving it entirely up to the player to yeah to, to search out the information definitely yeah and i, I feel like with, with this game like y- you know if you just play the game mm. uh you know just the main um missions and whatnot mm. you know you, you get the main beats of the story yeah. you kind of understand you know they bring in these characters stuff like that but there's so much more depth to these cassette tapes mm. Um, <laughs> so you pull another from? <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, so it's not you. It's somebody's moving furniture upstairs. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought I thought Craig was sending you messages. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's right. I have a very distracting facial expressions. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So I feel like there's so much more depth in mm. the cassette tapes, and that's mm. kind of where I feel like this whole storyline of language mm. and and the power of language and stuff like that like re- really sits in the game um but yeah mostly it's just like the the kind of impact it had on me was it it's kind of made me think about things that i'd never really considered before mm. you know obviously i'm english was mm-hmm. <laughs> born in england mm-hmm. uh obviously you're american but your mm-hmm. uh main language is english yep. as well mm-hmm. and it just kind of made me realize that I really, I've never really thought about the impact. Obviously, you know, we learn about imperialism and colonialism, yeah, yeah. and which is like horrific. Uh, but I'd never really thought about taking away someone's language and mm. what that does to someone. Mm. And so it just really got me thinking about that. Like when I was playing this game, I was like, wow, I just never, just never thought about that because I've, you know, never had to experience that. No. Exactly. Being, you know, of the fucking country that did that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But also, it's just, you know, you're, it's one of those things you don't really think about until you're forced to think about it until Mm. something like this. And this is one of the things I love about video games is, um, yes, they're primarily for entertainment and um, for enjoyment. And that's what, you know, that's why people play them. But yeah, but they are a story and all good stories have a, um, a moral. Uh, that you can you know take away and you can think about you don't have to um i think we've said before i mean you could you could easily play a game and not have to think about it critically at all um i am a kind of sicko that loves to think critically about um what kind of you know worlds these stories you know are build these stories are building and also you know what kind of things they're telling us and making us think about because yeah um you know it was it's quite interesting um we as you say are privileged by the sense that we were born and raised 
to speak what is essentially the lingua franca of the world english like yeah. the com- like the the common the, the you know <laughs> the general language which mm. you know is is such a silly concept as it is because there shouldn't be i mean humanity is incredibly diverse and you know we, we yeah. live on all these different continents you know millions and mi- well not millions but m- thousands of miles <laughs> of, away from each other like it, there's yeah. you know it doesn't even you know logically make sense to you know but obviously also, it's kind of interesting coming from um, acknowledging the fact that this was made from a Japanese company. And, yes. um, you know, they Japan's obviously the only country that will speak Japanese, um, whereas obviously there's multiple English speaking countries. But Japan is has has a history like England has a history mm-hmm. um, of trying to force their language onto other people or uh, yeah. suppress local languages, indigenous languages, not just yeah. even not necessarily even, you know, outside of modern day japan they i mean we can talk about it but um they do it in their own country because they you know um, hokkaido you know the the big island in the north um, yeah one of the big four that the northernmost one um pokemon fans you might know <laughs> it as sino or sui <laughs> but um yeah that island Raise is them. essentially um you know it was n- not indigenously uh, at first um it was inhabited by ainu people i think if i pronounce oh, that correctly wow. um and the japanese obviously settled in you know suppressed that yeah shit. Oh, um, right. wow I never so knew that. i mean so it's quite interesting that you know that this is so, you know this game is being made it's actually was made entirely in english yes and then yeah. localized for japan which is really weird because you know it's a japanese company um yeah but it's funny that you know this story is being told by people who or by but in by societies rather who have a did this stuff rather than yeah. you know from the point of view of somebody who's had this done to them although mind you there's very few of the you know very you know it, there's not a lot of, there's reasons there's reasons that we could talk about that yeah um, sure but sure. um no that's that's a really interesting point i didn't think about that because um you, you kind of raise that this game like so um unlike previous metal gear games so, which are normally developed in japan mm-hmm. uh where you know the the facial animations yep. are um what do you call it, like synced up to J- the japanese speakers mm-hmm. It was completely flipped for Metal Gear Solid Five, mm. um, a massive and big controversial decision that was made with the fifth one was that they fired David Hayter, yeah, who's obviously like the most you know really mm. iconic voice actor of the series, mm. um, and they hired Kiefer Sutherland to British play bastard. the voice of Snake. <laughs> um, so, and it, it was yeah, it was really and because they were implementing facial capture technology mm. in this game. You know, they had the... I, I'm not sure if he went flew over to Japan or they flew to America, uh, the US. But uh, regardless, you know, he mm. was the guy doing the facial expressions. Mm. And so it's quite interesting that, um, you know, <laughs> the game that's all about the English language kind of taking over, even in its development, that kind of happened. Yeah. And, you know, I think Metal Gear is... A pretty big series in japan but like oh, definitely but it was almost this game was designed to cater towards western audiences yeah a lot more mm. so it's, it's kind of there's a kind of irony there that mm. <laughs> there's the definitely the an irony there yeah it's a really it is almost like it's 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 ironic in the same way that you know a game like cyberpunk 2077 where you're trying to tell a story about you know wealthy corporations who you know don't give a shit about their workers and blah 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 um yet you're working at a company that's exploiting your workers doing it 
at the same time. Mm, um, yeah, know, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's interesting when these sorts of things happen, but it's just a, it adds an element to it, doesn't it? But, yeah, but definitely. yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting concept, the the concept of language. Yeah, because it, it it um. So I I mentioned uh, this character called um, Old Danae, hmm. um, who his code name uh he he also goes by code talker right and this is another thing that i learned uh kind of while playing this game ball but also when i was researching i was like reminded of this that um during world war ii Mm. uh there was uh denae people who were used to create code for um, u.s communications Mm -hmm. and they were known as the code talkers um, this character, he wasn't actually a code talker, but he um, helped make the language a bit more cryptic, so it was harder to break. Essentially, I was um, going to ask you if if you if if that was like a design thing because you know when I was um, reading up on this and I mm. um, or when you first mentioned um, uh, him and that you know he's he's Dene or Navajo, um, I thought immediately, oh okay, that's you know well it's quite common knowledge in America that we use Navajo um, Navajo to to um yeah to code break because i think it's i don't know i don't think it was always this way but i think due to u.s cultural genocide um it is like a it's a linguistic um isolate in the sense that i don't think it has any um relative languages yeah so okay um so i i I think i mean i don't know the whole background but i i think that was the reason it was chosen yeah Um, yeah okay yeah i imagine so yeah um and the history of this character is is quite it's really sad as well, um, and you can totally see why he comes to hate the English language. Mm. Um, and you know, when I, again, when I was researching this and reading about his past, I was kind of thinking this is something that's definitely happened in history as well. And mm. you might have some examples, but um, you know, he was he was put into uh, like an uh, you know quotation marks American Indian boarding school. That's what they called them. Yeah, yeah, that was a genuine. I mean, it wasn't just America. I mean, it was the United States. It was Canada. Um, they had yeah. similar things going on in all other parts of the world, of course, but um, yeah, in yeah, Australia yeah. and whatnot. Um, you know, yeah. and it is generally, you know, it was, it's, it was a. We could talk about it in more detail, but it was mm. essentially an effort to, um, exterminate a people without physically. I mean, they did plenty of that, plenty mm, of physically mm. exterminating um, people. Um, in what we would call genocide today, um, yeah. but what another effort was assimilation, and that's um, I think that the, the a better way to kind of conceptualize that because that seems a bit um, not necessarily bad. Um, yeah, but I think if right, you think right. of it more as, uh, and we could talk about it when we talk about language, um, sure, because it's the power of language is so tied to us um, as yeah. a, as a culture. Yeah, but, yeah. But it's it, if you think about it, more of a cultural genocide. Um, yes. Often, yeah. often what would what was happening in these um, in these schools is they would take um, indigenous children from their families, from their communities, wow. um, put them into these boarding schools where they you know they were basically prisoners essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. They weren't allowed to speak their native tongue. They would be beat or harmed That's in right. other ways if they were um, if they did dare to speak to each other in their native tongue, their their mother tongue. Um, yeah. And the the idea was that oh well if you completely eradicate 
that 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 language from them you'll be able to separate them entirely from that culture to the point where the culture no longer exists because and there's a and there's a reason they were doing it to children sam it wasn't yeah, they, yeah. they weren't doing it they they were quite content to just kill the adults to to isolate them on um what they called reservations as if it yeah. was a fucking zoo um <laughs> and just to leave them there to rot basically um yeah. you know land that's not worth anything commercially land that can't sustain a growing population um yeah yeah you know that's the key thing is the reservations don't grow in size so you only you only have if you give if you give someone 100 acres or whatever uh yeah even 100 miles 100 square miles and you say this is where you guys get to live for the rest of eternity you can't grow on that can you no um, no, no no you can only population grows yeah. um <laughs> like... so they were there's a reason they were stealing children is because they wanted to steal the future of that culture, right? Yeah, we yeah. pass on our culture in so many different ways, and it's not just you know, it's not just language. That's a big part of it. Yeah, um, yeah. Because there's so much, so much that is intangible. Um, the the way that the brain gets mapped, the way that um, you conceptualize like your physical surroundings through the medium of language, all of that is intangible, really. But Mm-mm. that is one of the key aspects we pass that around um so they would take the children put them into these boarding schools to isolate them from their from their communities yeah in the hopes that they can convert them to yeah. i don't know like the european american style of life yeah and yeah. and then you know in a generation like a blink of an eye there would be no more Sioux, there'd be no more Dakota, there'd be no more Navajo, wow. whatever. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, you know, that so that that is definitely that's not just made up for this for this character's no, background. Yeah. That is something that happened, you know, from the 1700s all the way until it was happening in the 20th century, Sam. Oh um, it was happening very, you know, it it's it not obviously not. I mean, I'm an old man, but not in my <laughs> living memory, um, not in mm. America, but. Mm. Um, I mean, there are certain things still going on and obviously, you know, they're still un- uncovering all these atrocities and, you know, it's a big, it's been a big stories in Canada the last year um, of all these missing children who they just, you know, they, for in various ways, they just killed them and then buried them in mass graves. Um, wow. And they're only now coming to light. Um, oh you know, God. obviously indigenous communities, first nations, they knew, they knew this because they know that when their children are going missing and they've been screaming it forever, but you know, yeah, um, yeah. power, powered yeah powerless people don't get don't get access to media um mm, yeah and don't get given access to the media uh yeah. so, so but it's finally coming to light and it, you know it was it, it's it's recent it's not old stuff i mean native no, yeah. indigenous indigenous americans only became u.s citizens in the 50s wow. think about oh that oh my god think yeah. about that my ancestors were colonizing america for 300 years by the time <laughs> That the people who were there for thousands of years before me yeah. were allowed to even have the, and I'm not even saying I'm not even saying equal citizens. Let's be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Just they the were name, just but... recognized as citizens. Yeah, yeah. not just. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, there it, it's it's a. I don't want to go on too much, big of a rant and get you too di- distracted at this minute, but like it's a, <laughs> no, it's a no, constant no. theme. Is... It's not just, I'm not trying to say, oh, boo you Americans. I mean, boo you Americans. Me too as well. But um, <laughs> just know your, know your history. And yeah, it's not something that's unique to America. 
It wasn't created. Oh, no, yeah. It wasn't created by America, American elites. Um, it, you know, it's Canada, Australia. You know, was doing this in the seventies. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it, it's it's not it's not some wild, outlandish, random like little moment in history. This is an ongoing thing. Yeah, um, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Because I, I do find like um, you know, uh, a lot of people, including myself, have made the mistake of um, you know, you you kind of hear about these atrocities mm. and you kind of think, well, you know that was horrible but you can kind of you feel like you can almost disconnect from it because you're like well that, that, that was, was ages before ago. my time yeah 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 no and then, then you... i think there's a i think you're you're getting at a good point though sam because that is how they want us to see it because <laughs> yeah, if, if they yeah. if they had their way they wouldn't teach us about it at all no i mean i mean they don't teach much about british history in britain actually no, um, no it's yeah. not a, it's not obligatory to at least you know in the u.s they might not be um, they might not be telling us all everything, but you do have to learn about certain things. It's in, yeah. it's, it's in our history books, but yeah. here you, you do not, you could go your entire education without having to take a British history class. It's not mandatory. And there yeah. isn't, that's a design choice. It's not because, oh, well, well, actually I think it's more important for you to learn maths. It's more practical <laughs> in the uh, employment industry. No, yeah. what you don't want people to know things because if they know yeah. things, they might feel bad. And if they feel bad, they might ask you to make changes. Why would they, if it's all in the past, why would, why would you be worried about people knowing if yeah, it wasn't yeah. happening today in a different aspect? Why yeah. would you care if people knew? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, um, you know, obviously, you know, me growing up in, in England and going through the school system, um, it's really weird when I recall history lessons um mm. it kind of feels like you kind of you know it kind of goes like romans uh sax anglo-saxon normans you kind of go through like mm. you know a couple of the the very king henry's peoples. the fifths oh, name <laughs> all of his wives because that's fucking important <laughs> yeah yeah learn the rhyme and then it, I, I remember learning about the slave trade mm. and then that was kind of it, it was oh yeah kind of like Oh, Boom, yeah. and then that's gone. And they love like, They love oh, to teach that in Britain World World because they're like, actually, Britain ended the slave trade. Oh, really? <laughs> Only yeah, when it became Im- no longer a competitive advantage for them, and they were yeah. losing. Uh, it was they were losing out on capital compared to other countries. <laughs> like, oh, we doing ourselves in the back for that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, good job, yeah, guys. Mm, good job. <laughs> well done. Once you lost all your slave, um, slave controlling co- colonies. Yes, well done. You've ended slavery. Another win yeah. for the British Empire. <laughs> It is ridiculous. It really no, is. No, but like, I think, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm getting us really distracted. You were going, you were telling us about <laughs> the characters in the game. Well, um, no, I, I mean, mean um, it's relevant. It's relevant 100%. Yeah, no, but... I, I was going to talk about how um, this character who was forced into an American Indian boarding school, mm. you know, he he was given the name George. They were just like, you, you're George now. Just giving mm. him an English They're name. They're Christian names is what they would yeah. call them back then. Right, of course, yeah. And like, like you mentioned, um, if he ever tried to speak his native language, he would be punished. They would, um, you know, force him to eat like, an entire bar of soap. Mm. Um, and it, it's really interesting. Obviously, like, um, you know, when you when you play a video game, you know, you play you usually play as the hero type character, mm-hmm. and you have a villain. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's you know um, often said that the best villains are the ones who you can relate with on a certain level, definitely, or at and least I, you can understand. That's right, yeah, understand, yeah. And I find um, with this game in particular, there are like the antagonists throughout the series where you could, you, like you said, you can kind of understand their motives. But there's something about this this character of Skullface who he essentially wants to rid the language of 
uh, rid the world, sorry, of the English language. Is he has a line where he says, um, "Sans lingua franca, the world would be torn asunder, and then it yeah. would become free," which essentially mm. means without a comma. Without, form. yeah. Um, it's quite interesting that I, I I saw that quote, and um, it you know what it reminds me of? What's that? The old uh, biblical story. You know, it's 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 the Abrahamic um, lore, basically. Um, <laughs> you know, shared between Jewish people, <laughs> Christian people, and um, um, Muslims as well. Oh yes, um, yeah. And that's the story of the tower of tower and city of Babel. Oh, so, I've always heard about that. Yeah, I've never so known the this, actual. Uh... It's it's a basically uh, um. A mythology to set to kind of explain why there are people that speak different languages oh um so according i mean this is very tldr but basically yeah there was a time when humanity was united by the by a singular language mm. um and when they migrated east presumably out of africa um they came upon a place where they decided they were going to build a um a build a city with massive towers a massive mm. tower in particular um yeah. And they were working together and they were achieving this. But then God looked jealously at them and thought, mm-mm, 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 <laughs> these people, because I believe one of the interpretations is that he was mad because he thought these people were working together to outdo him because of right. the, you know, you know, the great flood, you know, the, the murder, yeah, the, yeah. The, you know, the human genocide, whatever. Um, yeah. He yeah. didn't want them to <laughs> escape that if he wanted to do it again. Um, oh, right. So, See, but if you okay. lived in a giant tower that reached up to the heavens, You'd be then you could. Also. Um, yeah. So, you know, he saw them building it and then he just smited them and said, no, you will all speak different languages now. Oh, wow. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah which, which has then caused us all to be divided. That's yeah. their creation. That's the creation myth. I mean, there's similar. I, I mean, it's not. It's not completely unique to, um, uh, to to the that Abrahamic. religious history. Yeah. yeah there. I mean, there's. If I mean, you could you could genuinely look it up on Wikipedia. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of very similar. I mean, not exactly the same, obviously, but very similar kind of mythologies about why we speak different languages. Mm, um, mm. and. There's a running theme that if we did speak one language, maybe we'd be too powerful. <laughs> but I don't think that. I mean, I don't. I don't hold that. I don't hold that belief. I think actually, it's we 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 are so much more powerful in this in the sense that we are so much more durable speaking different languages because um, if we all operated on the same opera, like same system, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know that. They, what what room would we have for different kind of thinking different kind of uh approaching the world because like i said before it's so much of the way we analyze our surroundings is through the medium of language and language can be language the reason we evolved to have language is to express our to express our um thoughts and stuff but uh but also so much of it is just limited by our language as well yeah yeah you can't conceptualize something that doesn't exist in in your language um and they have done study. I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to get into it. Um, but if you were interested, you could look into um, studies on how language shapes um, our perception of reality. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And just yeah. even you know, it's 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 a fascinating it's a fascinating concept, and I don't know where I was going with it. <laughs> um, well, I was um, I, one thing I was thinking about talking about today, actually, and that it kind of ties into what you've just said. Um, one of my favorite uh, sci-fi films, especially mm. in recent memory, is Arrival. Oh yeah, which, mm-hmm. uh, I think you've seen. I think oh yeah, it's a great film it before. Yeah, and that's also about 
language and mm-hmm. and how uh, I one of my uh, biggest regrets is not taking the time to learn another language. It's I not just, easy. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I think a lot of people share that regret. Yeah, um, I think at the time, you know, when when I was at school, we had a few mandatory um, uh, French lessons, <laughs> and I was kind of too young at the time to really care, and I just I just kind of pushed it to the side. Fuck the French. <laughs> Fuck the French. <laughs> You can say that you have that. <laughs> That's your ancestors. <laughs> I could also, well, I can't say it in French, but I could say other things. So, <laughs> um, but I, from what I've heard from from people who are uh, bilingual or multilingual, mm-hmm. is that when you do uh, become fluent in another language, it does change the way you kind of um, think, or or I don't know, is it? Like I think it's one of those things that it's quite hard to put into words, mm. but it just changes your, like you said, your perception on on mm. certain things and how you maybe construct thoughts. Yeah. Um, and that's why this film Arrival. Yeah, it you know it might be a bit far fetched that if you learn a language, you can travel through time and space, and it becomes exactly, non-linear. But it's it's getting at an interesting, um, it's picking at an interesting point. It's the same with this this game as well. Is you know obviously yeah. it's very far fetched to think that there's yeah. parasites that can target a specific. Language, language when so many languages have the same kind of like tones the same kind of I mean, <laughs> you know from an if you if you knew nothing of english and you knew nothing of dutch and you heard two people speaking one person speaking dutch and one person speaking english it'd be very difficult um to 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 understand that they're two different languages you'd well, have to be yeah, listening yeah. for quite a long time because they're they're very similar especially frisian dutch um oh, right. it's okay. very similar um the same well, at least the same sounds um, yeah yeah you know the you know obviously grammatical structure and stuff is different but um but yeah they, it's it's interesting when when things like this game or like that film um yeah. take because the, the point is they're they're hyperbolizing it yeah um, yes yeah to yeah. kind of get at a a more interesting concept and that's i mm. think you know what we're getting at here basically is yeah there is there is power in a language there is yeah. there is something untangible that it's not just what you speak it's it, it it's more to that that yeah, you can't yeah. necessarily put down on in paper that it that it does for you yeah um, yeah i think um a, a kind of um a, a common quote from this game that you kind of you know it's one of the things that you see on a, on a lot of youtube thumbnails when they're talking about this topic is uh the there's a point when the villain says words can kill Mm. um you know partly that's kind of referring to this parasite but i think again like you said you know taking uh hyperbolized uh examples to make you kind of think about um how it applies in in the real world Mm. i think um as well as this game kind of making me think about or and and addressing um the kind of imperialism of the english Mm. language and how it took like you said that cultural genocide Mm. I think it also raises a point about um, the power of language. What I'm trying to get to here is I feel like um, recently, and this has probably been going on for decades, to be honest, but there's been a real argument in society about free speech mm. and what is free speech and should people people be allowed to say anything? And I feel mm. like a lot of defenders... Um, <laughs> It's really hard not to get political here, but you know, no, fuck, hey, I mean, fuck it. it's, dis- it's dissonant waves. Fuck it, we can't. Yeah, it's dissonant <laughs> waves, baby. Yeah. So you you often see on the right the argument that 
you can't tell me what I can't say because it's my freedom of speech. And I feel like people with that mindset think that there is no power to language and Mm. that because just because someone has said something, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have can have a chain effect in causing violence further on down the line, you know. Um, I think there I think two things. I think there's two types of people on the right specifically who mm. make that kind of argument. One, people who know that words have power and yeah. are doing it because they have the intention of inciting violence and harm. Yeah. They know yeah. that if they they go on their pulpit, spe- specifically I'm talking specifically about the you know the meet the media heads of those mm. networks, of those mm-hmm. uh, papers, of those sites whatever um, they know they're not doing this. I mean, they're doing it to make money, of course. But mm-hmm. but often they don't they don't come from working class backgrounds. Often they're they're like nepo b- babies, basically. Um, <laughs> but but they're doing it more so because they know it will get results. It will yeah. shift society in a certain way. If you put on all, if you own all the papers like Mr. Murdoch does in Britain, basically, mm-hmm. and you put on the headline of all your papers. Britain being swarmed by um, immigrants. Yeah, people are going to start thinking that that's the case. I mean, yeah. if you if you poll people, if you poll the general public on how many immigrants do we have, or how many gay people are there in this country, yeah, they they right. overestimate it. They over yeah. they're like twenty percent, thirty percent. I'm like, wait, it's nothing like that. Yeah, but yeah. how would you know? They they're doing all this intentionally. And then yeah. there's a second type. There is a type um, who uh, may, as you say, not know. But um, but are oh god I lost my train of thought I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> it's a bit awkward I, when I started this rant I there were two types in my mind <laughs> so pretend I just said something really clever about a second type um and hopefully really it will good. come back to me yeah that was oh, wait, wait, who oh, shit. oh we're, the beep is good the beep is coming out again baby oh, I thought we made it I thought we made it I, I hope you love editing. <laughs> No, but hopefully um, that's the only one. <laughs> I think it, I genuinely think it is the only one. Because you call oh, his wifey. Oh, Aww. she brought me some milk and cookies. Oh, thank you, honey. Sweet. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it is a very hypocritical argument, and also, yeah, uh, you know, it 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 it's kind of it's beyond the point because I I don't really feel like I need to argue on either mm. point, but but it is a willful misunderstanding of what that means. Mm-hmm. So, even the concept of free speech, which was created by right wing people, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, the um, the American revolutionaries were right wing. Um, yeah. yeah, they they created this not for working class people like us. Yeah, um, that the intention was never that we had free speech. Yeah, the intention was that they did. But the more to the point. It isn't the the freedom to say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. Nobody's ever going to stop you with that. Yeah. the The point is the government won't stop you. Not yeah. Not you're not going to get booed. You're oh, I'm sorry. I'm standing up at open mic night and I'm saying racist things. Why are they booing me? It's free speech. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You still have consequences. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Society doesn't have to say. Mm, well, I guess fair point. Free speech. Huh? No, <laughs> yeah, that's no, not yeah. how life works. So yeah. you're going to say something that is insightful. And you could say that I can say insightful things from the left. Uh, by the way, I'm left wing. <laughs> I'm a communist. Um, but anyway, guilty. <laughs> guilty. But I can, you know, if you sit insightful things, people are going to have a reaction. 
because yeah. you know that's just the way the world works and some yeah. people really like getting that reaction and some people don't like the reaction and feel that they should be the one setting all the narratives and mm. you know oh boo if you say uh um it's really bad to commit cultural genocide um blah blah blah, blah. you're you're uh the anti-free speech um brigade or some yeah. i don't know yeah. some there, it's no, a lot of straw men shit basically yeah no uh, no i i totally get where you're coming from like um what you know kind of going back to what you mentioned about the um people who want to say where they like expecting there to be no consequence and like you mm. said you know the the government won't come after you but it, it's really and even that's not necessarily true yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah. you saw in the cold war that wasn't true <laughs> so i mean yeah <laughs> no not the land of free speech i'm afraid no but... <laughs> um but it's true that like you know it, again it, it it goes back to the power of language mm. like you know words just, can kill words can kill and it's you know it's a really sad fact that that's yeah that that it, it, language can lead to rallying people up uh pushing them to commit violence whether that's against minorities or whoever the the kind of target is whatever the target um, is yeah yeah um but uh yeah so <laughs> that's kind of mostly all i'd say i feel like we got quite uh deep and dark there. <laughs> we did sw- yeah we got deep and dark there and that's fine um the only i think uh i the only thing i wanted to say is um that um it's it's quite interesting that they they targeted english in this um in this game because yeah. obviously it, it is the biggest you know not the biggest language but it's the biggest international language yeah, um yeah. it's the one spoken by most countries mm, in the sense mm. that not 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 even just english speaking countries i'm not even talking about like us britain canada whatever yeah. i'm also you know there's loads of countries whose native languages aren't english um but do speak english and there's a particular reason for that there's a yeah. there's a particular reason and this game really did does get at it but there's a particular reason why that um english spanish french portuguese even are spoken by hundreds of millions of people around the world um and it's not natural it's not mm. it's it's not mm. like it's not just like oh uh the standard you know way that the world's going to develop there's no givens in, in human development to be honest yeah. but yeah. um but well, maybe ooh, maybe that's controversial. <laughs> some people would say there is there is, and maybe there are, there are some some paths, but um, but but in terms of language, there's no givens. Um, yeah. Why is it that a very weird English is a very strange um, language to be honest. It has it's yeah. a very interesting history. You know, you know, obviously ties to the um, old Anglo-Saxon speech, um, yeah. merged with the Norman French, yeah. merged with uh, the Danes and the Norsemen who came and invaded Northern England. Yeah, um, with bits of Latin as well. Yeah, um, yeah. It's you a know, real it's mix. a very it's a very mixed language. Yeah, um, spoken at the time by maybe a couple million people on on a very wet, damp rock on the edge of the known world. Literally, yeah. how did this become a language of a billion people? Yeah. And yeah. it's and it was in- entirely through colonialism and imperialism. Yeah. Um. So, you know, and that, that entailed just not just the spreading of people and like settler colonialism in the sense that we might know it in, you know, in, in this, in the sense that, oh, yes, okay, well, people settled not on uninhabited land, but land in America. Um, yeah. 
in in North America, in um, in Australia, and in South Africa, and spread their language that way. That is one way they did that. Mm. But also through um, colonial policy. So in places where, for example, Britain or America didn't physically colonize in the sense they didn't send people to settle there, mm. um, like much of um, Africa, much of Africa that Britain and, um, and when I say Britain, you can also include France and a whole host yeah, yeah. of people. Western um, Europe. <laughs> yeah, basically uh, would go and they didn't, they didn't often settle these countries. Um, they just took them over. You know, they militarily yeah. con uh, uh, took them over um, to take control of the resources, yeah. um, to extract those resources, um, and to open markets for the shit that they were producing in their <laughs> their home countries. Yeah. Um, so they were. So as part of doing that formal imperialism, formally taking over a country, you rewrite its laws, right? Yeah. So you codify different laws. And you, how are you going to do that? You do that in the language you speak. So you mm, you might mm. take over a, a country that speaks Zulu, but you're not going to write laws um, for them in Zulu. You're going to write them in English. Mm, um, yeah. So language, you know, that 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 is a tool. Like the the English language, the Spanish language, the French language, the Portuguese yeah. language, they were used as tools to um, to to aid in the colonization and imperial um and just imperialism in general. Yeah. Um, and it helped to facilitate that. And you know, at, this game obviously talks about, and we did talk about the um, the the cultural genocide of um, you know physically putting indigenous people into schools, yeah, um, where you denied them the, the access to their language, to their culture, yeah. um, and denied them the ability to not just learn, because often the kids were taken at a very young age as well. So yeah, some of them did yeah. not necessarily have time to acquire their native language. Wow. Um, yeah. But it is a tool that has been happening all over the world by by imperialist powers. Mostly, yes, Western Europe, because they are, you know, the ones that started it. Japan mm. has a history of it as well. Mm. Um, but you you get a you get a you get this system that's happening all over the, um, the the world where you can no longer speak Mayan. You have to speak Spanish. You can no yeah. longer speak uh, Sioux. You have to speak English. You can no yeah. longer speak. You know, name an indigenous language that uh, in a country that was um and well, first of all, name a name a country that was um colonized or uh, ruled through some Western imperialism or Japanese imperialism, and find an example where they did not suppress the native language. Yeah, yeah. That you won't find one. I'm yeah, sorry, you yeah, you genuinely yeah. won't find one. It's not gonna happen. Um, and that the point is there is it is an aspect of power and control. Yeah. When you deny people access to and I think there's a there's a quote um, uh, at the start of the game, possibly. Yeah, that pops on the right. screen. I don't really know that I'm um, interested in the guy because I think he was I'm not. I don't think I know he was a Nazi. He declared himself to be a Nazi. Oh, my God. Really? Um, but the did, Romanian. He, philosopher. Yeah, the Romanian philosopher. Oh, um, wow. Well, he called himself a Hitlerite. So, I mean, <laughs> what do call me a Nazi? I just like Hitler. OK. <laughs> Okay, Kanye. Um, <laughs> I always, I always quoted this earlier. <laughs> well, no, it's it's, 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 it's a good, good quote, quote because it, yeah. it, it it I don't think it's necessarily true, true, but it does get at an interesting point, and that is I don't even have the quote to, to hand, but it's something uh, I've, like I've got it that here, we're uh, not. And yeah, can you read it? If you yeah, haven't? it's uh, it is no nation that we inhabit, but a language. Make no mistake, our native tongue is our true fatherland. And then I don't believe that this is a hundred percent true, but it does get at an interesting point, and that is so much of our culture and our national identity is tied up into our language. Yeah. So if you are a colonized person, right, or colonized uh, people, and you're denied 
access to your culture by various other means, but also your language, it's really difficult to then continue to foster and build um, a a national sense of identity within yeah. a colonial power. So you know it, it's definitely possible, and it has ha it is happening. It's I'm not I'm I'm not saying it's not happening. It's happening in this in the U.S. It's happening in Canada. Anywhere where um, there's specifically you know most of the anti-colonial struggles are happening in settler colonials at the minute because yeah, um, but but first nations people in canada indigenous people in america in australia they may not some of them do some of them some tribes and some um peoples are still able to speak their language they've re recreated it if, if it was um completely extinct um there's yeah. a lot of effort to preserve them that, that aren't um extinct but are incredibly endangered yeah um there's a lot of work being done to do that but even in even nations who do not uh, still speak their 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 native language yeah they, they speak english they still are fostering that sense of cultural identity but it is hindered by yeah. being that disconnect and that was an intentional choice yeah um, yeah that was an intentional choice by whatever power was colonizing that particular yeah. people that was a choice because they knew that it was an aspect to control them not just now but for time to come as well yeah for time to come it yeah it's, it it's um it's a real yeah just the whole the whole theme in general is it's a really interesting one to dive into and i'm i'm, I'm kind of glad with that we did i'm glad that metal Gear solid gave us that <laughs> opportunity this is it I, it's, it's a great series and i think and I, th I think you're right when you said at the beginning of the episode or towards the beginning of the episode that one of the things you really enjoy about this series is Yes, there's common themes across all of it, mm, mm. but each of them seem to dive into a particular th theme. Yeah, yeah. And this is, yeah. and you know, when you said you wanted to talk about this one, um, I didn't know much about it at the time. Mm. Um, uh, but when I started watching some things and reading some things, I was like, okay, yeah, there's a lot here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot yeah. here to talk about because that, and that's the beauty. I mean, well, we've said this before in other episodes. You know, it's enough to just enjoy a video game, to play a video game, to have a good time, yeah. um, just to relax. Um, that's that's what I typically do. But it is also interesting because games, like any other form of media, are telling a story. And you can't tell a story that is completely detached from our reality. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Kojima made uh, actually quite a lot of effort to tell a story that is attached to our reality. Yes, mm. he's taken some, you know, liberties with uh, certain things like parasites yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But but it's clear that yeah, I don't, you know, he would never have uh, talked about some of these things or created some of these characters if he didn't actually know the history of yeah um, yeah yeah of of America of um of imperialism in general. And it's 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 quite interesting. Yeah. I, that's that's what I love about video games. I I love I love being able to analyze them and see, like, <laughs> think about you know how does this relate to our world because they yeah. do so often relate to our world and they tell us stories that help actually almost to, in ways I think it's I, I'm not it's not a replacement for learning our true history. You need to learn our history, um, but it's a way to kind of just gets you thinking. Also gets you thinking and to kind of yeah. introduce you to the concepts because yeah um because when you you know as you say we we don't really get taught everything when we when we grow up and that's a, that's an intentional choice but yeah um but it also when we are taught it's like okay yeah um all these people were you know done bad did bad things to all these other people um way before I was alive even yeah. though I just even though I dispute that um yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh 
<laughs> so what's <laughs> yeah. it got to do with me? But then, you know, sadly for some people, it might actually help to have this character, <laughs> the code breaker. They yeah. might be like, oh, shit. OK, yes, this is actually real. Then it's it's yeah. it's it's become real. Like this is actually something that happened. Um, this is not an isolated thing. These people were no. put through hell uh, for no other reason than they ha dared to have a different identity. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it, it's crazy. It kind of, um, as you, you were talking about that, it kind of uh, got me thinking about um, the film that came out last year, Prey, which was like mm. a sequel, part of the Predator series. Yeah. Um, great one film. Of my, yeah. Great film. One of my favorites of um, last year probably like top five i just, mm. I just loved it because I've, I've always been a fan of the predator series in general but you know the sequels haven't all been great and i feel like prey really brought it back down to its roots but obviously that um the setting of that is within the kind of comanche uh mm -hmm. nation yeah. and and they worked really closely with um the nation as well exactly yeah yeah um i think like the, a lot of the writers uh mm. were part of the uh comanche nation uh mm -hmm. obviously the actors you know uh, they didn't whitewash <laughs> no the, which um, is really good yeah but um part of the one thing that um i was kind of sad to hear actually was the director whose name escapes me um he tried so hard to get this filmed in the comanche language um mm. like like natively you know mm. um but just couldn't get it past the studio because oh well you know people aren't going to want to watch a subtitle yeah well, there's like, no money in it baby yeah that's what yeah. they'll say oh we're here for the bottom line we don't care that it's you know helping to preserve a language that's endangered yeah um, or at, you know at risk it, it's so sad because like they the alternative that they that they ended up doing was they did a audio dub yeah. in comanche um which i, I watched both versions mm. and you know the dub you kind of after a while you kind of get used to it that yeah it doesn't yeah. sync up exactly but you know it's fine and it was just there was something so much more authentic and genuine watching it with the mm. dub mm. and i've spoken to a few people who have said i wish they filmed it like that like yeah. snap because naturally. when they because you know in this in the in the film there are french-speaking people yeah. um <laughs> yeah. and they don't really translate what they say no um, yeah yeah but you get it's but it's actually decision. quite nice because it, yeah, it's a great decision because one the people that they were speaking around um wouldn't have spoken french so it's actually nice because you you feel like you're in their shoes you're like okay, yeah what the fuck are these um bastards these stinky looking bastards stinky. talking about <laughs> they don't like um, smell um, like but you it. but you but you still get the gist of what they're saying even if you didn't speak french like you could understand they weren't yeah. saying very nice things mm, um, just your like facial expression yeah and, and uh yeah things like that yeah no um, it's a shame that they didn't because i think it one they worked so closely with the Comanche people, the Comanche nation, to to create this in an authentic way as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But also, you know, it would have been a really good. I mean, the dub is fine, I'm sure, but but it would have been really good to have as a piece of media for yeah. the community as well. Yeah, but, yeah. But this is another example of, you know, ultimately, when it comes to video games or film or TV anything created into the capitalist system, it's always going to come down to uh, the bottom line. And that mm. is the profit. If there is yeah. no profit in making something in Comanche, they won't do it. Um, yeah, yeah. Because they so. won't lose that uh, profit. Even if it didn't cost that much money, even if yeah. it wasn't like a huge expense for them, 
um, or completely undoable, they won't do it because there's no profit. How are you mm. going to fill a cinema full of? Um, uh, that's what they will be. That's what they will have said to the director. I'm sure. Yeah, or the yeah, producer, yeah. Um, rather uh, that you. How are you going to? How are you going to sell tickets? How are you going to sell this? Whatever. Yeah. Um, which it's is like, banal, I think, in the one sense. Um, you know, it it is it assumes that nobody is willing to to um watch a film that's not in their native language, even though the vast majority of the world consumes. Um, American media, even though the vast majority of the world doesn't speak English. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. How many? I mean, we come from a very privileged background where you know all these all these things are made in English. We don't have to watch dubs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Whereas lots of people do have to watch dubs. Yeah, if they want to. You know, if if you if you speak Spanish, right, and you don't speak any English, or you speak English but um, you don't feel confident enough to um, enjoy a film in English. Mm. um you're you're going to be watching it in spanish often like any yeah. any big think about you know something big that happens think about wednesday drops on netflix or something yeah and everybody's talking about it um you know not just that. in not just in america not just in whatever uh, you might you could watch that in any like uh, several languages and yeah. lots of people do that um yeah. so it's it's kind of a, a a cynical argument that oh well you couldn't sell it um when yeah. you certainly can and there are certain examples of you know films that do make it in yeah. um not being in english i mean the, the uh, hollywood never stops that from deciding to do it themselves and make it worse yeah yeah <laughs> grudge yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, Ring. Yeah. <laughs> um basically anything coming out of like south korea or japan that's really good <laughs> yeah um, well, it's it's um i do wonder like um um and hopefully to end on it I guess a more um. So what the fuck is the term looking for here? What's the what's the term? What's the opposite of pessimistic? We're so privileged that we speak English. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think all the time when I never know what I'm talking about or know what I'm it's saying. It's just like this word. Or completely optimistic. forget words. Yeah, optimistic. optimistic. That's a word. To I guess to try and end on a on a, a more optimistic uh, note. I guess is that um, hopefully that is shifting within the film yeah. and television industry I because think it is because there was you know squid game which came out what mm. a year or so ago mm. um you know one of the biggest shows on mm -hmm. netflix um and it was a south korean yeah television series yeah um yes they created an english dub for people yeah. which you know it's fair enough if that's the way you want to yeah. watch it yeah um that. But, but i think a, most a lot of people, people did watch it, with it in subtitles. korean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's kind of strange. I, I, I imagine, like, with the development of Prey, mm. they must have just... They must have started filming just before that kind of probably happens. Because yeah. I feel like post-Squid Game, mm. you may hopefully see... Maybe, yeah. I would like, like maybe in the sequel to Prey, they they do actually decide to flip it and film it in um, the the that, Comanche language. I would love that. I, I mean, I... I I was, I mean, last year, I Ghostwire Tokyo came out. I mean, it's not a super huge game, but you know, it's still, yeah. you know, it's a fairly um, well-known game. That, yeah, I think you could switch it to English, but it when you put it in, it yeah. only plays Japanese. And I never yeah. changed it because I was like, okay, this actually feels quite cool. Like you're in That's Tokyo. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have the English subtitles, so you could read. And but to be honest, you know, you were fine just you know reading it, and you know, yeah, it didn't really take away from the game. 
um, but it adds an aspect of authenticity that you can't get if you. And I think that was a design choice by Tango Studios when they made yeah. it. It's like, well, we're making a game set in Tokyo, um, <laughs> and all these aspects, you know, we're bringing in Japanese mythology and all yeah, these things. Yeah, yeah. Why would we? Why would we make this in English? Like yeah. as the default? Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, and that's I think really it cool. Did add a that. lot of authenticity, and I think that's something that would be added, as you say, with um, with Prey if it was in Comanche. Um, yeah, and Squid Game in, in Korean, and I think hopefully um we will start to see more of that in the future i think yeah. you know it's just recognizing that yeah it is useful when we have a lingua franca but it also is it's a double-edged sword yeah because definitely. on the one hand it helps us um speak you know um across cultures and, and whatever yeah. uh, across cultures across borders but also the pressure to learn that or sometimes the force to learn that mm, um mm the other edge of the sword it cuts and it, it it makes us weaker because it 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 pushes many many languages to extinction yeah um which you know when you lose a language you you we all as a as, a, as the you know a, a common people a common human all of humanity loses something yeah um that goes with it and um that is a that is a bit of a tragedy yeah but it's trying to no. find that balance i mean ultimately we do need to communicate but but yeah yeah maybe no. maybe one day there'll be some very clever ai that can instantly translate um between the <laughs> between different languages so we can keep our keep our um, google translate just constantly on you yeah well you never know i, n- I never <laughs> you never say never the future is so unpredictable yeah exactly um, yeah the future i can see so that to be honest yeah but yeah, in our cyberpunk future. Yeah, well, hopefully not cyberpunk. I like the aesthetics. Let's not let's not do the hypercapitalism. Do it for the neon lights. Neon, do it for the. Neon oh, lights. I called you for your name again. Oh my! <laughs> another days. beep. Another beep. Another beep. Oh, That's you're it. getting the beeps out tonight. Let's end this show before I say it again. <laughs> if you're hearing this sound, that means you've made it to the end of the episode. Congratulations or commiserations. It's up to you to decide. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's subject, so let us know on Twitter at Dissident Waves, and we'll share it on our next episode. If you'd like to see me playing some of these games before we have a chance to review them, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dissidentnave. And please check out my other podcast, The Tepid Take. Until next time, see ya! I'm just quite impressed that I didn't even get to the full ranting about Ireland and what the English did. Ah, I was kind of waiting. I was wondering if you were going to get there. It was on my list, but then, you know, there's so much to talk about. And yeah, I rant a lot. So (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if he's got that on the list. Uh, But it's on the list. Yeah, there's loads. There's loads. And unfortunately, there's too many examples. (laughs) There's too many. This this is the unfortunate thing. There is too many examples of cultural genocide. It's really (laughs) difficult to to, to talk about it. To pick them all, talk about them all in an hour and a half. (laughs) It's not Uh. possible.